Hello and welcome to episode 213 of the End Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and we are joined by our regular co-host, Sylvia Wassenaar. Hello. And Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. All we're going to talk about this episode is uh, Pokemon Generation 9, Scarlet and Violet. So let's go ahead and jump into what we played this week. Now, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has been out for over a week now. Uh, we delayed actually covering it, so that way we would have more time to play it, more time to encounter all of the technical problems it is experiencing. We will get to that. And also just time for deliveries to arrive, because not always working out for us. But we've all now had time to play it. First question, Scarlet or Violet, which did you pick? Sylvia, let's start with you. Violet, because I like purple. Is that the only reason? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you, Rosalie? Is it the same reason? Uh, yeah, kind of. I always pick the one I like the, bo- the box art of the most, and I like, I like the bluey sparkliness, so I picked Violet. It's just how I roll. I pick Scarlet specifically because... Well, first, I I saw you two seem to both be going for Violet, so I chose to play Scarlet. And also, I liked the uh, the Pokemon a little better, the Coridon, whatever it's called, the, uh, the new legendary. The red one is a little less mechanical, I feel like. Uh, it has, like, natural wings that actually move. Uh, just whenever I saw the purple one, when I saw its animations, I was like, oh, that looks really static <laughs> i just like the more naturalistic appearance of the red one over the the purple one this is the first time that purple has been a color to pick because it's always been black or white or red or blue or you know some variation of that theme yeah. but i'm sure purple. there's a rom hack that's pokemon purple but probably <laughs> pokemon amethyst probably so i was excited just to have a purple pokemon game <laughs> I'm that simple. <laughs> now, one of the big differences between the two games is which academy your student player character ends up going to. Uh, there's Narania and there's Uva University, which I think if you speak Spanish, you can already work out which is which, but Narania is for Scarlet and Uva is for Violet. Narania University or Narania Academy is a, a pretty big, wide-open school. There's like a big open lobby that doubles as like the school's library and you can fast travel from there to all the different classrooms is uva academy basically the same i haven't really seen any images of it sounds like it it's just kind of like a stratified sort of design where you start at the bottom and then it fans out left or right Mm. go upstairs and books I wonder if it really is just a palette swap, if they just changed some of the the textures for the school logo. Otherwise, the building is exactly the same. That wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't really hold that against them if they did that. To be fair, some universities in real life are like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same building. Yeah, it's a prefab university. Yeah, the big question is always which starter you go with. This game doesn't break the mold. There's a uh, water and a grass and a fire type starter. Which one did you go for, Sylvie, and why? Uh, Quaxley, because I always pick the water type. 
you can tell that I don't put a lot of thought into anything I do in Pokemon. <laughs> and I think the more questions you ask me, the more evident that's going to become. And Rosalie? Uh, I picked Quaxley too for oh, exactly no. the same reason. <laughs> but, well, I think I established in the last episode that I was obsessed with Misty. And when when that happens, Water Pokemon becomes part of your personality. So it was hard though because you know there was a cat, and I'm a crazy cat lady. So I was like, oh, oh, you nearly had me there, but no, Water Pokemon all the way. Well, unfortunately, I also picked Quaxley. Uh, <laughs> For the reason that I liked their character design the best of the three, I was tempted at the last minute by uh, the fire type whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, Way Coco. Uh, sure. Way Coco. <laughs> you go, Way Coco. Um, what do we think about Quaxley's evolutions? Like, I haven't gotten mine to the tier three evolution yet, but the tier two is making like a, a ballet pose, which. Uh, was not what I expected based on the, the tier one evolution. I've, I've gotten to the third one and mm. it, it makes more sense. The second one makes more sense when you get to the third one. And apparently yeah. some people don't like it. Oh. Uh, but I, I, I actually really, I think it's really cool. So I think I it's adore just it. taste. Yeah, it's really cool. I don't want to spoil it though. I, I didn't actually, because there were a lot of leaks for this game. And I saw some yeah. of them, but I didn't see the starter evolutions and... Mm. The typing is interesting. Can I at least go into the typing? Or is that still... Should I keep that a surprise for you? No, go ahead. So it's a water fighting. Oh no, not a fighting type. <laughs> Those are bad against psychics. I'm still mentally damaged from Gen 1. That just doesn't work. <laughs> Wait until you get to the psychic gym. Um, <laughs> especially if you pick up a, a Palmy. That was a tough gym with a lot of fighting types that I just stubbornly didn't swap out. But I like the design. I've seen the designs for all three now. Yeah, I'm still happy with my water pick, though. What about when you terrestrialize it? What does that typing become? Because sometimes they change. Uh, it stays as water. Oh, but does it lose the fighting type? You can, yeah, it loses the fighting type. But mm. you can change your terror type as well. Oh, okay. Can you just do that with your starter, or can you do that with any Pokemon? I believe with any Pokemon. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you don't know, listeners, terrestrializing is the new, uh, like, super mode you can activate, you know, like Gigantamaxing and whatever it was called in Sun and Moon. Z-moves. Z-moves, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, we could talk about that, but let's not. Uh, <laughs> I thought Gigantamaxing was kind of a waste of time. It was a gimmick. Uh, in the last game, but uh, terrestrializing, there actually is a bit of uh, strategy to it. And Mega Evolutions, I just remembered Mega Evolutions too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's not just a super move now, it can also potentially change your Pokemon's type, which can be a big last-minute strategy change if you find yourself in a, a bad typing matchup. Like, uh, the first... A uh, wild Pokemon I fought that was terrestrialized was a Scyther, and I've been fighting Scyther since Gen 1, so I know it's typing, but it was terrestrialized, so actually it had changed to a normal type, and I didn't know that. So <laughs> I was fighting this already supercharged high-level wild Pokemon, and my super effective attacks weren't being super effective, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, so that's a, an interesting wrinkle to that that I think terrestrializing adds 
more strategic depth to the game than Mega Evolutions and Gigantamaxing did, which just made the, the Pokemon stronger but didn't really change anything about your strategy. The way that they've incorporated into the gym battles is interesting where the final Pokemon isn't mm. the type of the gym. Um, the final Pokemon isn't a normal type Pokemon, but the Terra type is normal. And the first thing they do is terrestrialize it. So it plays up the expectations. Yeah. So now to steamroll a gym, you have to bring two types with you, not just one. <laughs> oh no, they'll they'll Terra type to the gym type. Yeah, is what I'm saying. So it'll still be that, like hmm. with the normal example. It the last Pokemon will Terra type like Terra terrestrialize to into a normal type. But it's not typically a normal type. And at that point, that's when the the cool music trigger happens, and it starts yeah. all epic, and it's like something out at the end of a movie, and it's so cool. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm glad that they brought back the the cheering in the background for the final Pokemon. Yeah, that is the one thing from Sword and Shield that I did like. I did like the the crowd singing along with the battle music during. Yeah. During the the final part of the battle, and they did bring that back here, even though the one gym battle I've done so far, there there weren't really enough spectators for that to make sense, but <laughs> it was cool, so I didn't care. <laughs> the, the music in this one is fantastic. I don't know if it's by region, but when when you get to the bit that's kind of more like a desert, there's this music that plays, and I think the battle music's slightly different as well, and it was so good. Like, I would just turn that up and just, like, sit there in a battle for ages and be like, yeah, this is great. Uh, normally, I find, sometimes find Pokemon music a bit, like, annoying. <laughs> so, oh, it's so good. Yeah, the music is so much better. Like, I, I felt the music in Sword and Shield just sounded like a 3DS game. And mm -hmm. it actually feels like they're they're taking advantage of the, the technology here, which I appreciate. I don't know how many tracks Toby Fox has done, but apparently he did more this time around. Hmm. So I'm wondering if that's got something to do with it, because that's like his jam. He's like really good at making very catchy tunes. And for people that don't know, he did um, uh, Undertale is his uh, main thing that he did. Uh, Megalovania, which is a, a meme, I guess. I believe he did five tracks of this, and you can absolutely tell which ones are his. Like, they yeah. just have his DNA all over it. <laughs> But the big new feature in Pokemon Gen 9 is it's fully open world this time. Uh, it's not, you know, open world like Sword and Shield was open world, which is single areas connected by long corridors. It's not open world like Legends was open world, which is, you know, five very broad, large areas, but still segmented. No. The Paldea region is one big giant island, which you can explore at your leisure, which I really appreciate. Uh, have we been enjoying the open world? Yeah. I have a very long history with complicated thoughts on open worlds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'd still prefer the Legends way of doing it, where it was it resembled Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this is fine, but I feel like because it's one gigantic area, I feel less inclined to explore because it's just too much and I get choice paralysis. I feel exactly the opposite. I love a huge area to explore, which is why I haven't made nearly the progress that you have. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, too yeah. busy poking around every little corner of the map. I'm still in the southwest region. <laughs> no, I'm saying I really like it as well, and I think it, when you um, turn on co-op mode, 
that's when you get the best of it because you can just run around this big world with your pals mm-hmm. and it's just quite exciting like my favorite bit is a bit with huge lake and once you get there and it's just like oh it's so pretty and oh no everything's really high level oh no and it's just it's just cool it's like what i wanted in the last gen but we didn't get so finally well, I remember one thing I specifically complained about in Sword and Shield was I couldn't wander around and just come across like a ruin that's haunted by ghastlies. I specifically cited that in my <laughs> written review as something I was disappointed by that wasn't in the game. One of the first things I found while I was poking around the map in this was an old ruin uh, like behind a hill near the first town haunted by ghastlies. I was delighted. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can also get um, the new everybody's favorite Pokemon there is at Tinkatink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really adorable and also funny because that word has a different connotation in this country. Uh, yeah. So I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that there's one thing that I really miss. I'm going to keep comparing it to Legends just because that's my personal benchmark for what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I miss being able to just throw Pokeballs at Pokemon yeah. to try and catch them. I'm sorely missing that. That's what, like, one of the big reasons why I'm struggling to go around and catch a whole bunch of Pokemon because it takes so long because you have to do a battle. I just want to throw a Pokeball, catch it, go on my way. And you can't craft Pokeballs anymore either. I really miss being able to craft my own. Like, I had to go to town and I had to buy like a hundred new Pokeballs and it costs so much money. I was like, this sucks. Just let me go whack a tree. And make a Pokeball, please. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I don't know. Battling's just always been my least favorite part of Pokemon. <laughs> so I think that's why I like wow. Legends so much. And that's why I'm... Yeah. I still like this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of playing the, the angle of the person that likes this game, just wants it to be a little bit better. But I don't know if the things that I want would actually work well in this game. It, they might not. Yeah, because you could go hours at a time if you wanted to in Legends without actually fighting anything. You could just play it like an endurance game or a survival game, avoiding the wild Pokemon and chucking balls at them from the grass. In this game, if you want to capture a Pokemon, you're going back to the old style rules where you, you pick a fight with them, you whittle down their hit points, Andy, and then you put a status effect on them, then you throw a Pokeball <laughs> at them. <laughs> Andy. Now you have all now you have auto battling, which is so good. Like, yeah, uh, uh, that's that's the other side of this. Like, if you haven't played Gen Nine yet, and you're imagining trying to play an open world game filled with Pokemon battles, if you're just imagining how slow and tedious that must be, where like even if you have things on auto win, there's there's a new way you can fight now it's called let's go auto battling where you can throw your pokemon out and it will literally just charge at pokemon and just beat the daylights out of them (laughs) (laughs) and you still get the experience points for it uh i think you still get the uh the item drops for it we'll talk about item drops in a little bit it doesn't even use any power points so you just keep going and going and going for as long as you can and it, it really makes exploring uh, while still battling you know most of what you run into viable like I, I put a video up on my twitter account 
for as long as Twitter may be with us in the near future, of me just running up this channel and just wiping out every Pokemon that was along the way using the Let's Go Auto Battling. And I was like, this is an ecological disaster. I just wiped out <laughs> over a dozen wild Pokemon <laughs> in under 30 seconds. Have you been using the Let's Go Auto Battling all that much, or am I the only one using it this way? I forgot it existed until just now. I haven't wow. used it yet. Wow. <laughs> Sylvie, oh my god, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe I should try it and see if I actually like it. Yeah, I've been playing this, like, the, the War of Attrition way in, like, gym battles where I'm under-leveled and don't have the correct Pokemon and I'm just brute forcing my way through hoping that i get lucky <laughs> and i do i've only lost a couple of times but they've been very close calls so i think a feature like this would probably help a lot more with leveling up quicker yeah you, you need to be doing that you need to be doing that when you're running between places like i'm to the point now where if i'm not trying to capture the pokemon to add to my pokedex or to add to my boxes because i do try to get a male and a female of every pokemon that's out there I'm using the auto-battling. I don't do battles unless I'm trying to capture it or unless it's a trainer mm. battle. Well, noted. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sad when, um, if for whatever reason, your Pokemon isn't strong enough, they like come crawling back to you and there's like little, like as if they're crying and I'm like, oh no, my precious baby. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, I, that's why I, I only battle them if I'm going to catch them. Um, but I am yeah. not catching two of everyone. I'm just trying to fill up the Pokedex. Yeah, like half my party is um, usually Pokemon that I'm trying to evolve for the Pokedex. Mm -hmm. Well, this uh, leads directly into something convenient. I'm sure Sylvia is struggling with power points if she's fighting everything in a direct battle. Um, the no, new... no, I'm, I'm avoiding battles. That's my problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just pretend um, that you're struggling with power points. I am an idiot who always runs back to the Pokemon Center to heal because that's just what I've been trained to do through 20 years of playing Pokemon, even though there have been other ways to heal added to the games. Like in Legends, you could just craft healing items or uh, Sword and Shield had whatever that game had. I don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> you can do picnics now uh, where you, you make a sandwich. You made curry in Sword and Shield, that's right. Anyway, and you, you can buy lots of sandwich ingredients in town, which is, is again, you have to spend money, which uh, I'm just, spending money in a Pokemon game is anathema to me, because I'm like, no, I need that money for Pokeballs, I can't spend it on <laughs> other stuff. So I'm really struggling with that part of it. But you can stop in the middle of the field and make a picnic to heal up your Pokemon now. Have we done this much? I personally, because I'm such a stubborn fool who only heals at Pokemon Centers, I haven't done a single picnic yet. Oh, what about you two? I, I, I have. You can also um, you can buy different tablecloths and cups for your um, picnic table, and you can buy there's a little football you can like pass around and then all your pokemon like kick this football and it's really cute uh I, yeah i do it on the regular and you can do it on the co-op as well and you can all make a sandwich together and it's really fun <laughs> you get like a little what are those things called that you put in the sandwich like the little toothpicky things uh, i don't know a, fl a flag <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can you can get like little special ones that have like ev and stuff on them mm -hmm. and uh it's cute. It's fun. I like it. The only annoying thing, right, 
I, I get annoyed when games have really bad photo modes so they don't think of things like Splatoon has annoying things with the photo mode right now. The, the photo mode in this is actually good but when you do the picnic I'm like oh cool I'm gonna get a selfie with me and my whole team right now and be like this is my team everybody in social media even though you probably don't care but there's a button apparently that is for alerting them and then I was on the picnic and you bring up the camera but then it doesn't do anything so they're all just blood they all bloody fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> like I just want to take a picture of my bloody Pokemon so that's really annoying um and for whatever reason, they just haven't done anything with it. Uh, but no, the picnic's cute. I'm mainly doing this uh, if you have enough potions in your uh, inventory, though, if you press the minus button, you can yeah. just auto heals them. I wish that would work with revive, and I wish you didn't have to go into the menu to do it. But I mainly do that because it's just a lot easier. But the picnics are cute. They're just very slow. The decorations, like the tablecloths and the napkins and all those things you can buy, <laughs> are they single use? I couldn't tell, which is no. it, which is another reason I didn't get into the picnicking. Because when I, I looked into all the things you could buy for it, it was like, do I buy these once? Do I have to buy like five of these? How does this work? The game doesn't tell you. So I was just like, ah, forget it. Uh, <laughs> the sandwich ingredients are single use. That I figured. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the tablecloth you can just buy all of them and you can switch okay. whenever you want kind of thing okay. same with the cups and everything eventually i'll start doing this because the picnics are how you get eggs now too um mm. which i'm a daycare center user uh you know a ditto and something else in there with it that's how i bre- <laughs> that's how i get eggs so that's going to be a big change for me too have either of you been doing a lot with eggs yet or not yet no i haven't I, even I picnicked yet yeah. Oh. <laughs> to go back to your original question, <laughs> um, I've tried twice, and apparently I was in an area where picnics couldn't happen. And then I went, "Oh yeah, I'll try it later." And then just <laughs> just don't don't try it on a cliff. I did it near a cliff, and then all your Pokemon fall off the cliff, and I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and it's really it's to really be sad. fair. The first time I tried it, there were boulders coming down the hill. So oh, maybe yeah. they were right that it wasn't a great place for a picnic. <laughs> this is how you learn. <laughs> now, as an open world game, you got your main goals in there. There are three different, you know, separate quote unquote plot lines you can follow through. Although uh, I haven't found them quite as separated as... Uh, as the game's marketing originally implied. In practice, they, they work more like waypoint goals on a, on an Ubisoft-style map. You just you go there, and there's like, there's a gym here, and there's an Urba Mystica here, and there's a Team Star camp here, and you just, you just hit them while you're passing through. It's not really like a, a story you're actually following through. What's our progress so far? Like, personally, I've done one gym, and then otherwise I've been so focused on filling in my Pokedex and exploring every little corner of the map that I haven't really actually made any progress on <laughs> any of the goals. How are we doing? I know Sylvie is super far, almost done with the game, in fact, it sounds like. 14 out of 18. Yeah. Um, it's oh. worth noting that you got eight gyms, five mm. Herbamysticas, and five Team Star bases, and that's one badge for each pokemon type 18 i just thought that was interesting i got one gym to go two team star bases and one titan i've done less of the gyms i think i've got like three to go 
I've done nearly all the Titans. I think I must only have one to go because if you do them, mm-hmm. your legendary gets an upgrade. So yeah. I think it's kind of like the game kind of makes you feel like probably you should get them like done as soon as. And I actually like the little story that goes along with it, which I'm not going to say because it kind of spoils it, but it's mm. really cute. The the guy in the uh, the Titan storyline, he's kind of a jerk, and I I really wasn't <laughs> drawn to his story at all. For some reason, when I was playing it, I had I was like, I bet you this is the kind of character that Andrew hates. Yeah, he has like a Luca like thing going on with him, and I was like, mm. I just I just didn't like his personality. I was like, God, you're such a tool. I don't want to even be around you. The team star bases, I I really like how it's a different thing, and I absolutely love the character designs of the actual team star people. The fire girl in it, I was like, yeah. mm, I, I might cosplay this because it's so cool. <laughs> and in beats. fact, I think, yeah. And actually, I think the gym leaders and stuff are some of the coolest designs we've had in a long time. Hmm. Um, but I like that it's like you, you go in and you have to actually auto battle uh, 30 in like a, under 10 minutes or something. Is it yeah. less than that? And then you fight a big truck. <laughs> But I just, yeah. I just think it's really fun. I, I think it's just, it's different. It's, it's weird, and it's just reminding you to, you know, hey, auto battling is a thing. And I don't know. I really like the Team Star thing. I think it's really cool. Did you have that moment where you're like, the car is a Pokemon? <laughs> yeah. So there's like a new Pokemon that's like a an engine, and it, uh, the description is that it actually clings onto rocks. So a part of it isn't actually the Pokemon, but it literally just looks like a car engine. And so they've kind of yeah. made so you fight a truck and that's part of it. It's just I think it's really cool. I like that it's like a rogue. It's people that were like in like the student council that kind of were like, oh, we're not getting people are being mean to us, so we're gonna start like a <laughs> like a cult or an evil organization with blackjack and, and hookers. Yeah, I just thought that was quite clever um, because every Pokemon game has to have you know the evil organization but the fact that this is all based on you're a student and i was like oh that's quite clever i like that yeah yeah to to give sword and shield some credit i did like the villain team in that one who were like the uh the hooligans oh yeah yeah i mean i'm from the uk so i kind of didn't <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i can see that uh, i know that the the world cup is on right now but uh I, I hate football, so when they made that thing in the, the UK Pokemon, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, let's get yes. back to Gen 9. I keep yes. I keep digressing, my fault. Uh, <laughs> let's backtrack a little to the, to the Titans and the Urba Mystica, because that's uh, a problem that the Pokemon games have been running into for a long time, is uh, the HMs, the hidden machines, which are mm. how, how your progress through the game worlds used to be gated. And so it required you to have, uh, I'm going to use a more polite word here, an HM mule. There, there's actually another word we used, but I don't want to use that word right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who was just a Pokemon you carried around with you who had the, the core like HM abilities. So you could use strength to push boulders out of your way and you could surf to get across the map. Basically what, what it ended up is uh, you had one slot of your six Pokemon team that was just used for abilities to get around the world. It, it kind of sucked, and it was a so, it was a problem that didn't really have a decent solution for a long time. Finally, the solution they they landed on was to just stop having those abilities in the games. Uh, but now that we have Coridon, I, I don't know what he's called in the Violet version. I'm sorry, Maridon. Uh, 
Viridon, okay. As like a, a travel Pokemon, uh, uh, he, he does have some combat capabilities, but that's part of the plot, and we want to leave that too for people to be surprised about. But uh, primarily he's used as a vehicle. And when you complete the Titan segments on the map, you get new Urba Mysticas, which is HM again, that gives you new travel abilities. And Sylvie has unlocked most of them, so <laughs> has that... Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe it hasn't, because you've already said you don't like exploring the map. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask, has that significantly changed how you move around the map and what you're able to explore? But it sounds like you've it just been delining for... Oh, it does. Right. Okay, it, good. It does. Yeah. So when I say I don't like exploring, it's it's more that I don't like going out of my way to try and find things. It's I, I still will travel through the world, see something, and go... Okay, what's over here? Mm. But if I don't see it, I don't explore it. Does that make sense? I see, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. that is a, a difference. Comes. Yeah, You do have to explore this map. You have to explore Paladea. There's not always something obviously there. Like, there, there's the famous GDC talk about Breath of the Wild's design now where everything was designed with triangles and, you know, icons. And, like, if you put triangles in the in the player's way of the goals so that way they have to go around it and when they go around the triangle they'll see other goals behind other triangles and that's how you kind of uh, control the player's exploration through the game uh, paldea is just triangles there's no like dark orange shrines to draw you to places if you find something you have to actually walk into the corner that it's in and find it yourself there's not some fancy you know game design visual indicator to draw you there which maybe is a a a criticism of it Uh, personally i don't mind walking into every corner just to see if there's something there but uh, in terms of sophistication of the design of the overworld, this is certainly no Breath of the Wild. No, it's the closest it's ever been to it, but it's mm-hmm. still... Le- and, and I don't think it will ever really try to be. If it is, I don't think it would work. I think this, what, what they have is worth refining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope this becomes the new standard for the world of Pokemon. I mean, the the example that I'm thinking of is to actually move between two different um, areas. I had to go along the coastline along all of these rocks mm-hmm. and um, rock uh, pathways. And I specifically, there's no other way around other than to go up the top and kind of go through this canyony um, coastal area, which I thought was very interesting because for a lot of this game, you can go just like as the bird flies just even when you like set a place as a destination the camera just turns in that direction and goes okay off you go (laughs) it's it doesn't really challenge you to try and find like it's no xenoblade which i'm grateful for uh xenoblade 2 i got lost in all (laughs) the time But there was a couple of moments in this where I was pleasantly surprised where it forced me to actually look for the way forward rather than just Mm -hmm. beelining it, as you say. Looks like even in Breath of the Wild, you could beeline. If you were willing, if you were stubborn enough, like me, to just climb up every rock wall that got in your way, you could just go in a straight line in any direction you wanted. Yeah, I mean, to go back to your original question about the uh, exploration abilities that you unlock with the Herba Mystica, so... 
I don't know if the order is dependent on which Titan you do or if it's a set order every time. But I unlocked like a high jump first. So mm. you could jump a lot. No, it was actually the dash first and then the high jump. Anyway, the dash is good just because I like going places fast. Uh, the dash is really just like a um, sprint mode. You click in the left stick, it goes faster. The second ability is the ability to jump really high. Uh, you hold down the jump button, the higher you go. But then I unlock the ability to go across water and then the ability to glide. Uh, I thought it was going to be a fly ability, but it's a glide and only lasts for so long before you just kind of drop out of the air as well. It lasts a fair while, but you know, that arc that you go on kind of just dips. I haven't got the last ability yet. I don't think I can find the titan i think that has to be the last activity i do i don't know that's just the hunch i got the way that that part of the story is presented like the final area of the game because paldea is divided into like literally numbered regions and then the final area is area zero and and the way mm. that that part of the story is explained it seems like the urba mystica are most closely tied into area zero yeah so i that would make sense yeah, the, the last titan that I have to do is the one in the lake, and it wasn't there when I went to look for it. You have There's a little island with some Pokemon, you talk to one of them and it pops up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found that island, I just... Yeah, because oh, I was confused. Because <laughs> there's like these little fish, and like mm. you talk, like, they, they have a, they keep using a move, but like, it's kind of like self-destruct. And I was like, the titan's meant to be here. And then you talk to one and it goes, titan! And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> cool well i'll try that because i i really liked focusing I, I think i did two titans in a row just because i wanted more abilities yeah. to see what hmm. they were i don't know if this, the last one's a climb ability that would be great and just list skyrim is, horse yeah. up the walls <laughs> but yeah. the fact that that one's last i think is good the only thing i wish they add and maybe the if there's dlc for this in the future they will is that you're allegedly the Pokemon you're on is quite big and there's lots of little Pokemon everywhere and it's yeah. really hard to avoid them and then you'll just walk into them and it's like, oh, not again. Especially yeah. at the start. The Pokemon yeah. scaling in this are very true to life. Like, if a Pokemon is six inches tall, it will be tiny on the world map <laughs> or on, on the the overworld when you're exploring outside of battle. And it, it is tough when you're riding your legendary through you will run into quite a few of them and get into uh some straight up battles with a like a level three <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh and you'll have to you have to plow it down it's kind of annoying it's basically a speed bump <laughs> that that was one of the visual complaints i had it's like okay great you you went with the scaling really faithfully here but especially at the start when you're just you're fighting the little 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 pokemon that are only a few inches tall it's really <laughs> hard to see them sometimes yeah yeah i didn't realize you could um change the camera in battle with the the right stick mm. so like i couldn't see them and sometimes they were cut off and i was like what's going on and then literally 2 days ago i was like oh you can move the camera <laughs> oops <laughs> Um, as a side note, Tropius is much smaller than I thought. 
It's I don't like, know what that is. I thought it was. <laughs> uh, is it Tropius Tropius, the the dinosaur with the bananas under its chin? I think oh, it's yeah. from Gen Three. That's one of the Pokemon I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, it looks like a dinosaur, and it's like mm. human height. So it was just. It's one of those long neck sort of dinosaurs too. Mm. Okay. So it was just surprising. Although the giraffe Pokemon is also really tiny. Girafrig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, as as a last note on you know the open world and exploring things, this is the thing that I've really gotten stuck on, which is why I have done hardly any of the batches. Is TMs and gimme ghouls because those are the things that are are really uh, stuck around the map, and you really have to carefully explore to find all of them. You craft TMs now using a technical machine machine at every Pokemon Center. That's what it's called. They even call it that in-universe. There's absolutely no self-awareness about how ridiculous the name is. They just call it a TM machine and they move on. (laughs) Uh, You you start off with a a small list of moves that you can uh, generate from the TM machine. If you want more, you have to find them in the world. And that's what I've really gotten stuck on is I just absolutely refuse to leave an area until I'm almost certain I've found everything that there is hidden there. Uh, I'm especially looking for a false swipe TM because false swipe is the easiest way to get a Pokemon's hit points down as low as they can go so you can capture them easier. Still haven't found it, but my search continues. Uh, Have either of you gotten really as as stuck on finding TMs as I am, or do you just not care? I don't care. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've I've done it a little bit, but um, battling's not my main thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I've not been hugely in it, but if I have a poke, like a, is it the new one, Pommy? Um, Pommy. Yeah. I, I yeah, I really like. I like that. I think I've got the next. Is it? I can't remember what the next evolution oh, no. is called. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like. I got him a better thunder move because his moves were a bit rubbish, and so I, I I do it a little bit, but I don't feel like the incentive so much. I probably will leading up to like the elite four, just so I'm a bit decked out a bit more but yeah i haven't used it that much um hmm. it just yeah it doesn't feel as natural as like the older ones in terms of like tms and things yeah it's very different because if you want to use a tm now you have to you have to uh have it built for you at the pokemon center and you actually literally use parts from pokemon to make them and some of them require parts from pretty rare Pokemon. Like uh, if you, just as an example, I, I don't know if this actually applies. This is just an example. Like if you need a TM that needs Gengar parts, you've got to go out into the world and find wild Gengars and beat them in battle and get the parts from them before you can make that TM. I think that's really interesting. Like I just have a mountain of just Pokemon parts in my inventory now that I'm not using for anything (laughs) because the other thing that's very different is you can actually sell your parts for league points and you can spend league points on items as well and i think that's the main way you're expected to buy you know like sandwich ingredients and new pokeballs that's very different for me i'm not used to that at all uh i understand in my head that that's what i'm supposed to be doing but in my heart i'm still playing it like it's gen one pokemon and i'm just spending money from trainer battles on everything i haven't made that transition yet i'm working on it have you found the because i they've put they've hidden it and i swear some people have missed it that if you go in the pokedex and you go at the very bottom there's like rewards depending on how many pokemon you've caught Mm -hmm. and it's usually like stardust that you can sell yeah 
and I'm like, it's so easily of like people must not realize it's there because it's so tucked away. But that helped me a lot because I just like, oh, I'll just sell all these nuggets. I'll just sell all the stardust. Yay! I did find um, that thankfully. <laughs> but then there's like a there's like an area where there's like a. a uh, auction market oh wow oh no i haven't <laughs> found that yet then all my yeah all my money went away so i was like <laughs> oh no i believe you also unlocked new um tms that you can craft by completing gym battles and star mm-hmm. bases mm-hmm. uh and if you complete a star base you even get a bundle of pokemon parts i don't know what else to call them um to craft tms it's like it's it's down and hairs and feathers. I don't think we're actually harvesting Pokemon, <laughs> but anyway, uh, similar drops. to the TMs, yeah, drops. We'll just go with that. Uh, similar to the TMs, there's a, a new Pokemon out there. It's hidden all over the world. They're called Gimme Ghouls, and when you touch one, they give you a coin. I found quite a few of these Gimme Ghouls so far. Don't know what the coins are for yet. Uh, have I think you need them to get the the Pokemon, the Mimic Pokemon. It's mm. like a chest. I think that's what it is. I did find one so, of the chest ones, and I, I just got a bunch of coins from it. They're both gimmickles. They're different mm-hmm. forms. Ah. Um, you need, I hope I'm wrong, I think it's 999 of them oh. to evolve one of those gimmickles. Oh, <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. It's Korok seeds. It's kind of like Korok seeds, but I have found they respawn. I've gone back to places Uh, where I've found a Gimme Ghoul before, and there's another one there. I just have to Uh. come back a little while later. So it's kind of like Korok seeds, but also quite different. Uh, Yeah, it's 999. Um, And the evolution, (laughs) I've seen it. I'm interested to see your reactions to it if you ever get one. (laughs) Okay, um... We've been talking about the game prosaically so far. Uh, We've just been describing what it does. This game has been just going through the ringer since it came out uh, by fans and critics because it is not running very well. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, First thing I want to bring up, because even before I noticed all the technical problems, this was this took me out was the user interface there's very mm. few on-screen prompts especially out in the world like if you're standing next to something that you can interact with there's nothing on screen that tells you that you just have to hope you're standing in the right place or you have to hope that the npc you're standing next to is an npc who actually has something to say because there's no visual indication that you can interact with anything in the world and I don't care what technical problems this game has. This is by far my biggest complaint about the game so far. This is real amateur hour stuff, and I just I can't believe that they've screwed the interface this badly. Is it, am I just overreacting? <laughs> Did either of no, you notice I, this? I get what you mean, because when you're in like the big towns, I was like, oh, where are the shops? Because surely, I mean, you can tell if it's like a shop front. Mm-hmm. But then there's people that have little stalls that sell things as well. And it wasn't really clear what who I could buy things from and who I couldn't. And you had to then bring up, the, bring up the map, which is actually a bit slower than I'd like it to be, and zoom right in and then find it. And I'm like, yeah. so in that respect, yeah. I've also had problems with the um, interface where little Pokemon icons will pop up on the screen when they're like just on the screen, not on the map. But I haven't. it's not a huge deal for me. I kind of like it being quite minimal. But then that does make sense in respect to other games. So, yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, I'm with you on the shop front thing because some of them 
the ones that you can enter and the ones that you can't enter, there isn't a huge amount of difference between them. So I keep running into mm-hmm. doors that don't open. <laughs> um, I, I'm not even entirely sure. Can you actually change your outfit from the uniform or is that the only thing that's static? Uh, there are four different variations on the uniform, one for each season. If you press left on the D-pad, that brings up your customization menu. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, because some people were like, the game doesn't let you take off the hat. And then that was the first thing I did when I played it. I just bought a new hat. Because I found the shops for, like, uh, hats and shoes Mm -hmm. and socks, and but not for the, the clothes. So I just thought, have I just not found it? Or, I don't know. Yeah, it is a bit annoying that i don't think you can change your outfit because that and the hair the hair options are also really crap (laughs) let's put it that way and i've heard they're even worse if you want like um poc like hairstyles as well yeah like like two or something there's cornrows hey if you're a black person here's cornrows have fun Uh, and i think in this day and age that is just not just not cool and just a bit lazy but yeah, you can take off the hat. Everybody, you can take off the hat. Just take it off. But yeah, I, I wish you could make your own knife. What I thought would be cooler, in the world building of things, people are meant to realise that you go to the school. I don't mm. care. What I think, yeah. <laughs> well, what I thought, I thought about this the other day and what I thought they could have done is they could have let you customise your outfit completely, but maybe you still have to have the little pin somewhere. Yeah. Well. But you could choose where it was. So you could mm. have a hoodie and have the pin. You could have it somewhere else. Uh, and I think that would have been a better approach to it because I don't particularly like the uniform. I don't either. Like, uh, I was being really obnoxious about that in the lead up to the <laughs> games come out. If you follow me on Twitter, like, <laughs> my question in every new trailer was like, when can I take off the school uniform? <laughs> <laughs> every variation I found from shops so far have been just new versions of the school uniform i haven't found any Mm -hmm. actual clothes yet Uh, now sword and shield after you beat it you did unlock a lot of new customization options i'm kind of hoping it's going to be the same here it's like okay i i've graduated from the academy now i no longer have to wear the uniform but also looking back at sword and shield that also had a uniform but you only had to wear it in official battles So I was like, I don't know why we can't just do the same thing here. Okay, this is a battle for the school. Fine, I'll wear my stupid uniform. Otherwise, (laughs) let me wear something else, please. (laughs) That was me at actual school. (laughs) The winter Uh, uniform in the customization, I I, I don't hate it. I'm willing to wear the winter uniform. It's basically like a a suit. So I was like, okay, I'll wear that. You can get like glasses because mm-hmm. I I always like to make my person look like me as much as I can. So I was like, gotta have my glasses. Uh, so you kind of have that. But what's really funny, there's one haircut, which I think must be like everybody's favorite haircut. Because when I played it online with my friends, we all had the same bloody <laughs> hair. And it was really hard to pick who was who. It was really funny. But yeah, I hope you can get better. Like, I hope you can change afterwards. Because maybe you'll graduate from the school, so then you don't have to wear it anymore. Yeah. Now, getting into more specific technical problems, the current complaint about the game is the online battling. Apparently, the the seed used for the randomization is very easy to game or it's bugged or something's wrong with it and basically if if you know what you're doing the one hit ko moves never fail which is obviously a balance problem for competitive multiplayer online that's kind of a silly thing to mess up but at the same time i don't really do online competitive battling so this is a pretty low on my list of complaints for it 
But if you are a competitive battler, yeah, that's going to be a serious problem. I was going to say this at the end, but may as well just say it up front. We can't give up hope that all these problems are going to be patched. I mean, it could happen. The game could get much better if we just be patient. And this right here is a prime example. I would be very surprised if they don't get this patched soon. Yeah, it's also worth saying that I read online, and I have no idea how true it is, that people were noticing difference, differences depending on where the game was stored on your Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one person reported getting much better performance if they had it installed on their Switch's internal storage instead of an SD card. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means for people like me who bought the game physically. <laughs> I might just be SOL. If you have the game digitally, put it on your internal storage. Apparently it makes a difference. The whole thing about it is interesting because on one hand I'm like, yes, if it's a a big game release and it costs a lot of money, people should, you know, there should be some responsibility on how it runs and things. But at the same time, there's been games that have come out which are way worse in terms of how they ran originally and sometimes (laughs) how they still do. Cough, Skyrim, cough, right? That are beloved. And I sometimes think, especially coming from a Sonic fan, I have to admit that out the bat, that sometimes certain games are easier targets for this kind of criticisms. People love it when a Sonic game has a bug in it. They're like, oh, Sonic games are crap. They've not been good since the 90s. And that's rubbish. So, Sonic boom. Yeah, but the recent one's good. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying is that like, I think, because some people might be listening and they might be put off getting it, I've really, really enjoyed it. The main mm-hmm. thing I'm noticing is like someone, a character will be walking, like an NPC, kind of kind of far away, and their animation is really laggy and weird looking. And then when you get up close, it's normal. And there's a bit, one of the earlier gyms, you have to find all these Sunflora Pokemon and they chase you about. Mm. And their animations were really awful and like laggy and it looked horrendous. Yeah. But that, it's mainly for me been little things. There was one last night, though, <laughs> the other night where a battle started and I was in front of the trainer and he had a scary look on his face and your character's obviously a child and I was like, oh no, this doesn't look look appropriate and it was really funny. But I haven't noticed anything that's as bad. You know, Skyrim was so much worse for me when I played it and I played like a remastered version. So I, I just think some of it is very escalated for attention, maybe? But it's still worth bringing it up because... I don't know. It's very, I think it's a bit more nuanced because apparently Game Freak only has a, a, quite a small team. I think it's just under 200 people and there's but then it's a, the highest grossing game thing in the world so also it should, you know, be run better. I don't think it should put people off playing it. Overall, I haven't ha- I've had one hard crash. Ah. Oh. Mm. And I was just catching a Pokémon and it crashed. You know, I've had that in other Switch games as well, so it's not special. Yeah. And it auto-saves, um, so it's not and a it huge problem. Nothing was There's lost. a secret backup save as well you can do. Oh, cool. My thoughts on it are that the the way that people talking are talking about it is overblown. But, mm-hmm. yeah. as you said, it's the most... It's the biggest multimedia franchise in the world. And there are certain things about this, like certain animations running at two frames per second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're right in front of you. Have, yeah. have you seen how they can't really go up and down stairs, right? <laughs> yeah. 
They'll like be at a 45 degree angle like they're walking on flat ground going up and down the stairs. <laughs> There's also, um, if you use the camera sometimes, that your arm will just flop about. Um, <laughs> one of my friends, when we were playing online, took a, like a photo of me. My arm was just like being all like ragdolly and it was quite funny. Overall... There's something clearly wrong with the production cycle of Pokemon games because I mm-hmm. don't think that this is an acceptable product from what I've seen. It, it yeah. runs, it plays, it's fun, but it's broken, objectively. I just don't know why it came out so soon to Legends. Like, they should have just waited yeah. a year, just released it next year. You already had, like, a huge Pokemon game this year, which... We got Game of the Year awards coming out. It's already getting Game of the Year awards over this one. Just just wait a year. Why, why didn't you just wait a year? But anyway, we can't woulda, coulda, shoulda a company we're not in charge of. But <laughs> no. anyway. No, I don't think this is a Switch problem, no. Because people, yeah. no. people are comparing it to Breath of the Wild, which is a launch title. And that's not a perfect game either. It's but... technically a Wii U game too. Yeah, but it has so much more detail. It has consistent art direction. Like some of the things, I watched the Digital Foundry video and they pointed out the tiling textures. That's one of my pet peeves. I was pretty critical of Legend's appearance when it, it came out back in January. You can go back and listen to that episode if you like. But when I saw that Digital Foundry video putting the two games side by side, I was like, oh my God, Legends is a gorgeous game compared to this thing. <laughs> yeah. As someone who's studied game design, specifically level design, the world map looks like they made it in half an hour in 3DS Max. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it really does look that simplified. And it and it's really disappointing to see because this, as we've mentioned it several times now, the largest multi-me- um, multimedia franchise in the world still it's uh yeah, it's the best-selling Nintendo game ever. Like, uh, yeah, this has been the the fastest-selling Pokemon game. Yeah, PlayStation just made a big deal about God of War Ragnarok selling five million in its opening weekend, yeah. and uh, that's the best-selling PlayStation original ever. And then a week later, Pokemon comes out and it sells ten million. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't it sell it in three days as well? Yeah, in three days. Isn't there a uh... The development time like three years as well and i that's not that's not long enough i read i don't know if this was attributed to anything but i read they started development on this in 2019 yes that's not long enough <laughs> no clearly there's a funny meme that goes around where it's like i wish it would you know games were longer and so you know i, I don't care i would rather wait a lot much longer for a better product and also to hopefully you know get around like crunch culture because you gotta know that probably a lot of the devs behind it were crunching (laughs) and probably didn't you know slept under their desks and things i'm I'm guessing that's highly what was going on a few years that's not enough (laughs) i'd rather less pokemon games because there's like it's not even like we don't have enough there's other pokemon things to go to there's there's two mobile games i think there's more than that there's ca- the cafe one as well so there's like at least three there's the anime there's the movies there's the toys like if you're if you're sad that there's not another pokemon game coming out there's a lot of other pokemon things to enjoy in the meantime so i wouldn't mind waiting like seven years for something that was like really substantial yeah and i think having longer development times as well is better for the game development stuff because yeah. Yeah, I am not condoning um, crunch. 
I don't yeah. think this is a development issue. I think this is a production issue. Mm. I think it's a software um, issue. I mean, I think these are people who are in over their head, really. I mean, the, the Switch, Breath of the Wild, we already mentioned. You know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 came out this year. That is a game. The, the side-by-side comparisons are out there. Just look at them. <laughs> there is so much more clutter on screen in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 compared to what Pokemon Gen 9 is doing, which is just yeah. barren, basically. Nothing on it. And then there's Witcher 3. The, the one I keep looking to is actually Ark Survival Evolved, which has been patched. Like it, That used to be like the go-to example of terrible Switch ports. And it's actually gotten a huge patch this year that it has made it a pretty good switch port and that's kind of the treatment i'm hoping this gets i hope it gets patched mm-hmm. to fix a lot of the technical problems that are happening here because that's what i i see happening here is just a, a game that was made by people who making a much bigger game than they've ever made before and it needed more time for them to get the kinks out of the software that it, it hasn't gotten uh, what it was worth knowing as well because I, I compared it i've not I've still not played Xenoblade Chronicles properly. I will one day. But I compared it to the footage I've seen of the latest one. Mm -hmm. And then a friend of mine brought this up to me, which I think is actually important, that Pokemon isn't just, especially the current gen, it's not just a single-player campaign. And a lot of the online functionality kind of has like an MMO kind of underlining of it. And they had to make, I think if it was purely a single-player campaign that, they could have freed up some space and things. I think it's worth taking into consider. I know other games have still done both better, but I think it's still worth taking into consideration as well. And also someone brought up that Game Freak started as somebody, as a company that specialised in like sprites and 2D kind of animation. And maybe they might not necessarily be the right team for future 3D Pokemons like entirely going because that's not yeah, where well, their strengths came from originally. I mean there's even worth considering that the the actual models that are and animations made for Pokemon aren't done by Game Freak. They're done by Creatures yeah. Inc. And that part's been fantastic. The the level of detail in the Pokemon and the animations mm-hmm. are fantastic in this game. I love mm-hmm. that you can see feathers and fur. We already mentioned the characters designs which like even the the standard like everyday people, I still think the character designs are great. Yeah, yeah they're good at that. Because I know that um, Monolith is usually the one that Nintendo goes to when they're like, hey, we need an open world, can you help us? <laughs> <laughs> um, because they're really good at it and they make it work on the hardware. And I think if they just consulted them, when I say it's a production issue, I think the people at the top don't realize the strengths and weaknesses of Game Freak. Yeah. And they're not utilizing it to its best, to its strengths. Yeah, I think with like a lot of big games, a lot of when people bring up major issues, a lot of the time it's not the development team; it's some high up CEO being like, "No, just ignore it. Just do this way. We don't, you know." It's, it's mm. usually someone higher up that's made certain decisions. I think that's becoming don't more do- evident in the gaming industry, especially after that whole Mick Gordon Doom Eternal thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I won't get into that right now. It's a shame Nintendo are like one of the most secretive in terms of like how they run because it would be interested it would be interesting to have a bit more of an insight to see how it was developed. But we I don't think we're going to get that, so I wouldn't hold out on it. We can only speculate, <laughs> I think at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have any special insight. Um just educated guesses. 
so because Andrew brought up Sonic Boom earlier, right? And uh, one of my exes worked on Sonic Boom, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was a tester. And there was like a moment we were watching Game Grumps and they were playing it because they like to make fun of Sonic games. And the minute his name was on the screen, they were like, "Where were you guys? Were you just not working, huh?" No, they just weren't being listened to. (laughs) Yeah, that's not like that's not how game development works. Like every single thing that's brought up that you notice would have been brought up, and then a big fancy CEO person would be like, "Nah, ignore it. It's fine. We got deadline." So it's yeah. Don't I think it's worth like knowing that about the industry because it, it, it probably plays a part in this i imagine i think it's a lot of industries it that, that sort of stuff comes from the top and trickles its way down yeah all the technical problems aside this is the kind of pokemon game i've been wanting i think ultimately mm-hmm. i do prefer legends because i think legends the the changes they made to the combat system and especially the capturing system i think was just much more interesting i just think it's a much more interesting game to play but if you're just looking for a truly gigantic pokemon game with a truly open world this is that for the first time and that's not something to ignore or sniff at and also legends didn't really have online battling it didn't have breeding that has both of these this is a more fully featured pokemon game even if uh, those features are not as advanced as what was uh refined mm-hmm. in legends so it, it's a trade-off you got to decide what you want or you don't have to decide just play them both <laughs> but uh I hope in the f- I hope in the future the next Gen Ten I hope does draw more from Legends, uh, in many ways. When I compare this to Generation Eight, I don't care how badly the game runs. I don't care about the frame rate. This is actually still fun, and I'm actually having mm-hmm. a good time exploring the map because there's actually a map to explore. God, I love picking on Gen 8. I just can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have like a, a jar yeah. that says every time you mention Sword and Shield, put Penny in the jar. And then when it's full, we can buy Gen 10. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can buy Game Freak. I, I've been playing the game pretty carefully. Like I, I read, completely unverified, but it made sense to me. So I, I read that a lot of the game's problems are memory leak errors. The technical problems were first reported by reviewers. Now, we on the podcast, we know how reviewing works. You get the game at the last minute and you have to crunch mm-hmm. to get it the game beaten and written, uh, which just begs for, you know, marathon sessions, which just begs for memory leak errors. So I've only really been playing the game for maybe two hours at the most. Then I'll save the game. Then I'll close the app. I'll go do something else for a few minutes. Then I'll come back and play some more. So I honestly, like, I haven't played it nearly to the extent the reviewers have, just to be completely fair. I I haven't seen, like, the really serious problems that have been reported on Twitter. And I, I agree to some extent that some people are deliberately breaking the game just to get attention. Mm-hmm. I'm not accusing any journalists of doing that, but there are some just personalities, you know, YouTubers, Twitter users with big followings who I'm sure are just breaking the game on purpose just to get reactions. I have no doubt that that is happening. <laughs> uh, mm. Like uh, 
the wonky, like stretchy character physics. There's a very specific thing you have to do to make that happen. And when you have your character, a giant that can stomp on the town with a single footstep, that's something that you've done by repeating it, repeatedly doing the same graphical exploit over and over and over and over again. That's not something that just happens. So yeah, spare me that stuff. Even with all these problems aside, I still think this is a good game. And uh, hopefully mm -hmm. it will be patched and fixed in the future. Because uh, uh, I fully expect to be playing this for at least 100 hours. Just the, with the way I play sandbox games. I know I've been harsh on this game, this podcast. But overall, this is the most fun I've had with a traditional Pokemon game in a very long time. You've had it for less time than either me or, or Rosalie. And you are the furthest in so i think that says mm. something <laughs> i'm the furthest in because i'm playing it this way like I, I think that's actually something worth um giving merit for is the fact that we've probably played uh, i've played like 15 hours i think hmm. i think you're around the same i am in the 20 plus area okay yeah well, me too correction then um <laughs> we're making fun our own way and when a game gives you those options to play your way and have fun with it and have completely different experiences i think that's a good thing i haven't had i've only had the one game breaking crash so i can't speak to the technical difficulties my main issue is just like that draw distance where all of a sudden the Pokemon will just spawn in front of you. It, it yeah. really only becomes an issue when you get that dash mode for the motorbike. I'm having fun with it. I'm really enjoying it. I wouldn't have, wouldn't be playing it for this much if I didn't. And typically when I have this much to criticize a game for, it's because not because I hate it or dislike it. It's because I really like it and I want it to be better. It's because you care. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just apart from legends this is the first pokemon game in a long time that hasn't i haven't had my pokemon cycle with where i got bored and mm. i think the open world is a huge part of that and i also think the stories are just more interesting there's something about it that i've i think i'm on 25 to 30 hours already and i know i'm good that's this is going to be my game probably until about christmas time um because you know santa will bring games um <laughs> but I, i've just been really really enjoying it there was something and about Sword and Shield, I just couldn't stand Sun and I bought Pokemon Sun, and I I just I actually hated it. I don't know why. I just hated it. The last ones that I really enjoyed were Diamond and Pearl. No, that's not true. I liked Let's Go Pikachu, uh, but that was a remake of the old ones, and that's why I liked it. But no, there's something about this that I just I'm really taken by, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's just a fun, nice experience. And it's worth noting as well that um, I was playing it in bed. And my partner wanted to see, oh, can I see how broken it is? And he was like, oh, that actually looks really fun. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is fun. So I thought that was like a nice kind of how I feel about it. I, I do hope this patch, it gets a patch and I do hope they add more content to it. Like a big DLC pack like they did for the last one. Although I never played it, so I don't know how good it was. Yeah, it was all right. The main thing is I love the new Pokemon designs. Because that can sometimes, that's what put me off ever getting black and white. Because when it was revealed, I hated a lot of the designs. <laughs> but I love them in this. There's like a ghost dog. And when you evolve it, he's even cooler. And there's like some magical girl looking Pokemon. And I'm, 
I just really like the designs. I love the character designs. It's just fun. I'm just it's the perfect kind of game to play when you've maybe got a bit more free time leading up to the holidays and it's just it's quite a chill Pokemon experience. So I've been really enjoying it and I will probably also get to about 100 hours too. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we playing in the coming week? Uh, anything? <laughs> I'm the only one who wrote Pokemon. anything. <laughs> Pokemon, oh, I, I guess. Yeah. I actually bought that game that you always go on about that you liked, and I started it, and I really like yeah, it. Yeah, Battleship Brigade, it, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really cool. The animation's really pretty. So I'm like, the icon is now next to the Pokemon Violet icon, <laughs> and I'm like staring at it going, I need to continue playing you. But I'm probably just going to keep playing Pokemon. Um Fair enough. Well, yeah. I uh, started way too many super long games, so I've been really just working on getting those done <laughs> so I can have my games under control again. Uh, but I am going to play a short indie this week called K's and the Wild Mass. Maybe it's Kazi. I'm not sure. It's just a short indie platformer. So hope it's good. I mean, I did buy Persona 5. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. so did I, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I'm done with Pokemon, I might play it again. Um, mm. Just because I said I would love to play it on handheld, and I can't get a Steam Deck, so this is—I don't know if the, if there's anything different about the experience this time around. I'll bring it up. Thanks for listening to this episode of In Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. And be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular patron. The details for both things are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Andrew, and you can follow them at Play Critically or read their long-form reviews at playcritically.com. You can also follow Sylvia at stw2 or at twitch.tv slash toristw. And you can follow me, Rosalie, at Lil Girl. <laughs>